You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Good morning to you and yours. He's Caleb Calhoun, and I am Dave Hooker with you for the next hour or so. Weekdays at 10 a.m., and a lot to talk about over the weekend as the Vols have a pretty big name to replace or maybe they already have a big list of visitors for Tennessee's junior day that we're going to get to and Burt Bertle Camp the color commentator for the balls after that surprising loss to Kentucky will uh, join us so we'll get uh, his thoughts I want to get to Taven Jackson who has decided to transfer and already had a school lined up which makes me think he was thinking of this a long time ago maybe about the time he broke his uh, shoulder blade, but Caleb, let's start with that uh, Tennessee Kentucky game before we get to a lot of Tennessee football news. Please hit that like button; it helps us grow the channel. If you haven't subscribed by now, please do that as well. So, uh, Caleb, let's begin with this, and that is uh, Tennessee Kentucky. Wow, with the nation watching, had an opportunity to pound down the Cats, and who knows what could happen if that's a significant victory and John Calipari seems to be hanging by a string but instead the balls gave the cats a lot of life for a lot of different reasons I thought the guard play was woeful as you and I talked about 
uh, over the weekend. I thought some of the hustle stats in terms of rebounds were uh, weren't great. And yeah, I just thought Tennessee, as much as anything, coming down the stretch, still in the game, lacked an awful lot of moxie. Uh, Caleb, you have uh, a runner in the lane. It's the guy Ziegler off-balance three-pointer as a way to try to get back in that game. There was still plenty of time uh, to set up a play and uh, get a score, and suddenly you're tied. And that just seemed way too complicated for Tennessee and able to do either of those things to set up a play late. I just I just thought it was a poor outing overall. If we went A to F, I'd go about a D. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that one thing I would say is that, like, I don't mind them not setting up a play at the end. Um, I don't, I, I'm kind of a believer in that if you take time to set up a play, you give the other team time to set up their defense. And Calipari is actually a pretty good defensive coach. I, I do mind the play, Santiago Vescovi just running into the lane and throwing a desperation floater. Here's the thing with the game Tennessee shot awful from three point line, from three point range. That's fine. You can live with that. You have, you're going to have games where you're not on from the three-point line that's okay what you can't live with is you're right the awful guard play how many missed layups were in that game I mean there were a ton of just missed wide open layups and then more importantly than that um I think that like you said the hustle plays it reminded me of we talked about the Tennessee South Carolina game in football over the weekend and in that game yes there was a Jeremy Banks issue yes there was some the, the secondary was woeful but the real story was the defensive line just took the day off and Tennessee it, it was that was a lack of hustle by the defensive line in that game. It's the same under the basket on rebounding in this one. Tennessee got massively out rebounded on the boards, particularly offensive rebounds, and those were hustle plays. And where you really know they were hustle plays is Tennessee offensive rebounds that aren't based on hustle plays are usually like long bricks, you know, three pointers that are just bricked back to the offense. Tennessee missed more three pointers than Kentucky did, so Tennessee had more offensive rebound opportunities, should we say? than Kentucky did, and Kentucky still dominated them on the glass there. Yeah, they really got beat up on the boards, and I'm, I'm really not sure what to think of it because it should be at full strength now. There, there were times where Tennessee was, you know, missing some guys, um, you know, Viscovi at one point, and uh, there were injuries that they wanted to work through and be careful with, and I know that Rick Barnes likes to toy with the lineup early on, but uh, that was just uh, rather bizarro to me how Tennessee didn't come out and play uh, as well as they could have. You had the Chris Lofton ceremony as well, which, you know, that I know that a lot of these guys probably don't remember Chris Lofton because they're, you know, 20 years old or so, but you did have Candace Parker in the house. You did have all of that, and and to me, that's that's plenty of reason to show up, even if you didn't grow up rooting for Chris Lofton. I mean, it was obviously a big deal in Thompson Bowling Arena. So, yeah, I just thought the only word I can think of is a little embarrassing, especially for the guard play and and what they did not do on Saturday. I was I was surprised. You know, I had that game T-vote. I had a couple of errands to run, and somebody slipped the score in on me, and I was honestly surprised it was close with five minutes left, uh, much less, and I went back and watched it on TiVo, much less the fact that Tennessee just got out hustled. If, if Kentucky comes out or any team for that matter, it's college basketball and they're just 
you know, they're hitting 18 of 22 from the three-point line. The, you know, basketball is a sport like that. You can lose like that. But Tennessee didn't lose like that. They lost like that just from lack of hustle, and that was befuddling. Yeah, I, I agree. I think what – um, it, it's one of those things, and, you, you know, throughout a college basketball season, you know, 30-game season, it's, it's one of the, you know – you're right, Chris Lawton's number being retired, your Tennessee year number five, all the talk about Calipari being on the hot seat, and it's a noon tip-off on a Saturday. It, it, it was just one of those games that I'm not so sure they were really that dialed in on, if I'm going to be honest. It was, you know, in, and I'm not – I'm maybe that's not – that may not be a good sign wow. for um, for March, um, but I, you would hope that when NCAA tournament play comes, they're not going to say, oh, we just have to get through this game because that was definitely – I think you saw it too. They that was definitely a game where they just didn't really feel like being out there that day. <laughs> and so Yeah, but I mean, that to me though is just it's Kentucky. I don't care if you're playing Kentucky on June the twenty eighth in a parking lot. It's Tennessee, Kentucky. I I I think that's that's a little bit worrisome for um what they what they do moving forward. I'll be honest with you. I think that's very disconcerting. I mean, I agree also because this is a veteran team. So it's not like there's a bunch of freshmen who don't understand the magnitude of Tennessee, Kentucky. I mean, Viscovi and James have been there for four years. Um, so I agree. It's, it, it's a, it is, it is concerning, but I do think it was just one of those games, you know, those are noon tip offs. It's like a noon kickoff in football. You know, you don't know sometimes what team you're going to get at a noon kickoff in football. Um, and the same, by the way, with like an 8, 8, 8 PM kickoff. I mean, we talked about it. The whole reason we think the defensive line didn't play, as you said, with their hair on fire with the South Carolina game, they spent all day being distracted by all these other almost losses, worrying about Tennessee's place in the college football playoff, and then kickoff happens with South Carolina, and they're just not dialed in at all in that game. And uh, yeah, that um, I, I don't understand how you're not dialed in Kentucky, even if that game's 6 a.m. Um, but we'll talk to Bert Camp about that here very shortly. Uh, as far as Tennessee's junior day, I thought it went splendidly. Uh, Ryan Wingo, I'm told they are in even better shape. And uh, Ringo is, uh, Johnny Ringo is obviously a key pickup for Tennessee. And and this is one of those two, Caleb, where you're starting to compete with the big boys and there are going to be others like that. You know, Tennessee to this point has had to recruit guys that they like a little bit more. They've had to recruit guys that uh, maybe you're earlier in the process. Wingo is not one of those guys. He's an anywhere guy. Here's here's the way my recruiting rankings work. Nowhere, somewhere, and anywhere. And Caleb, uh, he's an anywhere guy. Ron Wingo can go anywhere he wants. <laughs> so some guys can go nowhere because they're not good enough. Some guys can go uh, somewhere, and then some guys can go anywhere. So he's an anywhere guy. Tennessee still predicted to land him. I'm not saying an announcement is for forthcoming for the five-star athlete out of St. Louis, but I think that Tennessee is in a really good shape. So a couple of others I wanted to run down. Uh, Jalen McClain is one. It is very early in his recruitment, so let's see how things shape out out of West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, Four-star uh, Travaris Banks. Uh, this, is, this, this is probably going to be a tough one, to be real honest with you. Uh, when you have both Alabama schools on you, but who knows? Uh, I do believe that Josh Hopple will start to win some of these recruiting battles, and this very well could be one. But he's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, Alabama and Auburn are all over him. Those are typically the tough ones, Caleb. 
Yeah, particularly when I mean he's a safety, and let would you rather play? Forget just forget the fact that he's from Alabama, which you're already having an uphill climb. If you're a defensive back, would you rather play for Nick Saban or for Tennessee? Like that is Nick Saban's specialty is defensive backs. That's the that is the, if that's like playing a receiver for Josh Heupel. It's like playing receiver quarterback for Josh Heupel. You want to play defensive back for Nick Saban. Well, true. And I thought you were going to go down the path, which is a very valid path. If you got to play 85 snaps a game, there's that too. So uh, some new people jumping on board, hit that like button and uh, share. We greatly appreciate that. With the like button, we bring in more people. JJ Harrell out of uh, Mississippi, six foot two, 185 pounds. He was in town this week. Uh, three-star guy. I think you know, right now people are just evaluating him, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida State are some of the schools, so we'll see. I don't think Tennessee has sent out uh, a committable offer to this point. You have uh, Danny Okoye. We still haven't determined if he's related to Christian Okoye, who you don't even remember, which just shows my age. But uh, Danny Okoye is a guy that Tennessee uh, has a great opportunity on. Uh, he's the, the problem with Danny is he's homeschooled and you don't really know what to expect and what he's thought of the structure. So you have to dig in a little bit deeper, but six foot four, 241 pounds, Alabama and Arkansas have extended an offer. So they think a lot of him uh, with a homeschool. You've just got to really dig in like the lower level schools, the single A's and the double A's of the world. You've got to, you got to find out who he's playing and he can be tough to evaluate uh, for that very reason. So, I thought um, uh, I Tennessee, and by the way, Travis remembers the Nigerian nightmare. You don't. Huge running back who played for the Chiefs, followed up by Barry Word, and I'm showing my age because I'm old. But this guy could run over anybody. He had the lateral movement of me, but he could just absolutely bear down and run over anybody. So I don't know that he's uh, related to him, but uh, we shall check. And then the news over the weekend, and we're going to get the rest of these uh, visitors later in the program and Burt Camp coming up here momentarily. But the rest of these uh, visitors, I think Tennessee's in good shape for, still in an evaluation phase. And then your thoughts on Taven Jackson, ready to transfer, not only ready to transfer, but knows where he's going as well. Thoughts? Yeah, I almost wanted to do a video on, uh, on Friday after we did the show about this. Um Taven Jackson, I think this is a sign of, if I'm going to be honest, I think this is good news for Tennessee. I'm not, not losing Taven Jackson. I think it means Nico Iremaleva was that good working with the scout team over, over December because I, Taven Jackson probably knew he wasn't going to beat out Joe Milton for the starting job, and he could, you could live with that. I think he realized he wasn't going to beat out Nico in a year for the starting job. Uh, I think that that is exactly what I read into it. Not only is it Joe Milton's team right now, but I think with Nico on campus, you're able to see him spin it. And the guys I talk to are pretty blown away with the way he can spin it. So I believe that's exactly true. I think he showed up and he said, man, not only am I behind the eight ball with uh, Joe Milton for this upcoming season, but when am I going to play? He goes to Indiana, which – I'll be honest with you, the, the brief times I've seen him based on his recruiting ranking, I thought he could have done better than Indiana U. Yeah, um, I guess he wanted to be closer to home. Um, you know, he is from there. Um, 
Indiana's coach is Tom Allen, who's a defensive coordinator. So I, I don't know who they're, you know, he's a defensive minded coach. I don't know who their offensive coach is. Um, Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, so I, I, you know, I, and Indiana hasn't had a winning season over the last two years. So I'm not sure where he was going with choosing Indiana, but I, I will say that um, I believe uh, Walt Bell is now their offensive coordinator. He coached at UMass for a while. He was, he was a uh, Maryland's offensive coordinator, Florida state's offensive coordinator under, I think Mike Norvell or Willie Taggart. Was it um, got it, got a decent background as an offensive coach. So maybe he thought he could do something uh, working with him, but yeah, I, I, it, I, I think playing close to home out, outweighed any coaching decision of going to Indiana. I think he wanted to go back home. I want to remind you that Zul Beer, ZulBeer.com, that's XULBeer.com for those listening on the audio platforms, is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports and also Guardian Investment Advisors. Guardian Investment Advisors is fantastic because with video teleconferencing, they can take care of your financial advisements. Uh, financial advising and your investments wherever you may be and that's kind of the cool part about we can all video teleconference nowadays it's uh we're going to see that with bert here momentarily but guardian investment advisors go to giaplantoday.com to sign up giaplantoday.com so you know where your money is going and why it's going there two minutes and bert fertile camp of the vol network one of my faves hang with me this is off the hook sports has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli south subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalist for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive.
Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You that we are on Apple, Spotify, all of that good stuff. You're probably watching on YouTube uh, right now. The app coming out here in the next couple of days, so we're excited about that. But wherever you like to listen. We are there, iHeart, all this other stuff that, that I'm not really familiar with. But check it out. So, but uh, a link on my Twitter page, you can get to us wherever you would like to. I'm Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. And one of my favorites joins us now, Bert, Bert Camp of the Ball Network. And uh, Bert, how are you, sir? I'm good, Dave. How you doing? I'm well. If you could lean to your right, I believe, just a little bit so we can get you. There you are. We got him. Oh, uh, you don't <laughs> Get some devil. You haven't aged a bit. Well, my camera is kind of got a short wire, and I can't get it over the middle. That is maybe a little bit higher, and we got you perfect. Okay, I I know. Well, perfect. Perfect. How's that? Perfect. Modern technology. Who would have dreamed? When you first sat down to call your first basketball game, that we'd be doing video teleconference technology. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of time's gone by since I started doing this. You too, Dave. Uh, Uh, Yeah. We've been at it a while. Yeah, and I'm doing the beard thing. It's a little white. What do you think? I I think it's you, man. Uh, I'm not sure yet. But, (laughs) Bert, um, how have you been? It's been a long time since we spoke. Oh, I've been doing great. I've been doing great. Better than I deserve. I'm blessed. Got a good family. Got a good job. Got yeah, Everything's good. Awesome. Um, always love what you do in the Ball Network. I've said this before. He's uh, one of the best in the biz. I don't just say that because he's on. I don't say that to other people. Um, but you, you kind of had to polish up something. Um, and I'm not going to use the word, but you kind of had to polish up something on Saturday. <laughs> I was really surprised to see Tennessee kind of show up flat in that game. What, what did you think? Well, they, they were flat, and I think they they probably underestimated Kentucky to some degree, hearing all the negative coming out of Lexington and 
the fact that they beat South Carolina so bad uh, down in Columbia, and then South Carolina goes to Lexington and wins, and they're hearing all that, and uh, maybe somewhat distracted by the by the Jersey retirement from Chris Lofton, which was a which was a great scene. I don't know. Kentucky did to us what we do to a lot of teams. They just they smacked us in the face. They pushed their defense, pushed us out. We couldn't get into our offense. And then they killed us on the boards and they got all the 50-50 balls. They just outplayed us, pure and simple. And, and we were flat. And if you go up and down the roster, the only player that really played well was Euros. Uh, some other people had moments, but overall we missed too many shots. Uh, but getting beat by 20 on the boards and, 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 and Kentucky had 13 or 14 offensive rebounds, that's just not Tennessee basketball. It's not. Do you think the Lofton ceremony might have been a distraction at all? Well, it could have been. It, it, I think starting at noon is always difficult for the home team. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't really think Tennessee has any excuses other than Kentucky just outplayed us. And, and that's, that's obviously the best game Kentucky's played all season. And, they had a little bit different look without Severe Wheeler out there, and they I think it affected them in a positive way. They had better ball movement. They they executed their offense better, and uh, they just they. And I, I know in pregame I was concerned about the game. I you go you look at Kentucky's roster, and the record doesn't indicate it, and they've lost a bunch of games that they normally would win, but they still got a heck of a roster, and they got good they got good players. And they they put it all together Saturday, unfortunately. No, they did, and um, there are a couple of different things I want to dive into about this game. But I, I'm not sure why the guard play was was so down. Um, just kind of your thoughts on what they did. They just never seemed in sync throughout the game. Well, I think Kentucky's defense had something to do with it, and they had big they had big guards. And uh, Vescovy didn't have a normal his normal game. He made a few shots. Uh, Ziegler missed way too many shots that he normally makes. And you know, foul trouble I think had a big impact on the game. Uh, and that that's not an excuse. That's just reality. We had a bunch of guys with two fouls in the first half. Then they picked up their third in the second half. We couldn't play as aggressively as we like to. But but Coach Barnes mentioned that first thing in the post game was our guard play was not up to par. And it wasn't. I mean, I can look at back and think of five or six shots that we normally make and easy shots and we missed. And you just can't do that in, in high-level basketball in the, in the SEC. Bert, what does it say about the – because we, we all agreed Plastic was the one who played well for Tennessee. But Calipari – now, you can tell me if you think this is just Calipari playing to the media because that's what he does. But he said in the post game they were – it was part of their game plan to let Plavchik score because they wanted to take away the three-point line, and they didn't think Tennessee was good enough to score enough inside to win. Does that is that a concerning sign about the lack of respect that Coach Cal has for Tennessee's post game, or did he just say that to play to the media? Well, I you know I don't know what he's thinking, but our post players have played well this year, and we we kind of look at it like we got four guys, and with with Kumwa and Plavchik and Awaka. And who am I leaving out? Um, Adu, Adu, yeah, Adu. And and those usually usually three out of four play well. Well, one out of four played well. And uh, but I can see that being a game the game plan. We ended up three for twenty one from the three point line, and 
And the teams that have done well against us have, have really blanketed Vescovy and kept him from getting open looks because he, he wants to shoot a catch and shoot. Uh, he, can, he can score off the dribble some, but his game is catch and shoot. And, they, and the three-pointers that we took were contested. And Kentucky's long. And, you know, they, they build that wall and they're able they – they're like us. They've got the talent and the flexibility that they can switch on the perimeter. And they just deed us up. And they, they let – they played Plavsic one-on-one. They had uh, Sheway playing directly behind him. And they didn't, they didn't come with a double team. Most teams do and force it out. And, and we like to play inside out. So that's probably where, where, where Coach Cal's coming from. You know, we throw it inside and they double team. And we kick it back out for an open three. That happens all the time. And they didn't allow that to happen. Euros was able to score, but the other bigs just didn't have very good nights. Kentucky's now 11 and six and headed into the game. There were signs at Rupp Arena, go to Texas and all this, all this sort of stuff. When, when you watch their personnel, why is that an 11-6 team instead of a much better record? Well, I, I think they've had chemistry issues, to, to be honest. Uh, you know, they've got good players like they always do, and they've got size and length, and they probably uh, have not been getting as good a guard play as they need. Uh, Sheebway's been being Sheebway. I mean, he's, he's, his numbers are about like they were last year when he won player of the year. But some of their other players have just not contributed like they normally would. Toppin, for instance. And, they, and, and they've also had injuries in their defense. But, they, you know, I don't know enough about them to say for sure. But it, it just seems like they've been out of sync most of the season. And they, they aren't having any fun. And they've got a tremendous amount of pressure on them. And, you know, probably the Tennessee game relieves some of that pressure. But um, – and they don't have the – the super go-to guy. Sheepway's not really a go-to guy offensively. He's more of an offensive rebounder, clean it up kind of guy, although he did make a couple jump shots. But it, it, they just haven't been in sync would be my thing because they got the talent. What do you think of the fans turning against Calipari, who has uh, – gosh, he's, he's probably got five all-pro teams that are playing in the NBA, but only one championship – and we know how high their expectations are in the Commonwealth. What do you make about fans turning on him? Well, they've underachieved is probably the biggest thing. And, and you know, those people love basketball. They're the greatest fans as far as support that you can, that you can imagine in college basketball for sure. But really since 2015, they really haven't been a factor. They've not been to the final four. They've not been, they've not gone deep into the tournament and they've, for the talent level that they've got, they, they've frankly underachieved. They had a really bad year in 20, the COVID year. And then, the, then last year they get knocked out by St. Peter's. And I, I just don't think that's acceptable up in Lexington, much like when that kind of thing happens here, people get upset. And I think coaches nowadays make so much money. They, they're not given any leeway. The, the fans are ready to jump them and, uh, and social media and, course Kentucky's under the microscope it's unbelievable you go on or we were at the SEC tournament and a buddy of mine's son is a manager at Kentucky and he talks about them having to have security with them because the fans want to get autographs they want to be around the players I mean it's like a you know a bunch of rock stars running around and the, the fans are just crazy so it, it doesn't surprise me at all uh, but you got to ask yourself a question. If, if it's not going to be Calipari, who, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get to be your coach? Uh, and uh, I don't know. It, 
I don't know if they're if at the point of making that decision. It sounds like it'd be a pretty expensive decision, but there's clearly there's clearly tension up there for sure. Well, and he has here. If you're Kentucky, the administration and the fans, you better be careful because he has a quick trigger. I think he would be willing to leave, make a lot of money, and then he could go to Northwestern, Texas University, states, uh, west. East, whatever it is, and with his connections to Nike, Bert, he's going to pop up as an NCAA tournament team within a year. Yeah, yeah. they'd probably see him again. You're right. You're right. It, it, you know, he may. I, I just, I just don't think he's going anywhere. I think it's a bunch of. I think it's a bunch of talk myself. Well, I, I think Kentucky would be wise for him not to go anywhere, and I agree with you that he's underachieved, but. The way he's got things rolling right now, he he literally could go somewhere else and have success immediately. So I, I would tread very carefully if if I were Kentucky's administration. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, they got a they got tension between football and basketball. They got there's tension between Mitch Barnhart and Calipari, evidently. And you know, you you can't believe everything you hear and read, but there's something to it. And uh, we'll see what happens. Bert, I, I, sorry, I want to say on this just one more thing, but, you know, Dave and I talked last week about, uh, we talked about Cal, compared Calipari's slide to former slide in Tennessee football, and I brought up the 2001 SEC championship game. I don't think, I think, I don't think it's talked about enough how devastating that last final four trip for Kentucky was, that loss to Wisconsin. I just feel like the programs never recover from that because that should have been the best team of all time, and they never should have lost that game. And Bo Ryan coached circles around Calipari in that game, I thought. Is that was that the undefeated team that got beat? Yeah, the undefeated team. Yeah, that was a heck of a team, and uh, you know, you look at the players that they've had come through, and it, it's it's incredible. But that probably took a lot of wind out of their sails. But you know, these I think the bigger thing is these, and it's not so much anymore with the transfer portal. He's got some veterans, but they're new veterans, and and trying to blend these players together with with, with freshmen and then with transfers is not an easy job anywhere. Frankly, I mean, Tennessee has the same issue. All the schools do. You know, when you're pre- when you're preparing for a game, you look at you look at the players. And you're, it used to be you remember a guy as a freshman and a sophomore and a junior, and you watch them progress. Well, they're not there that long, and they and they've got all new players coming in that have sometimes have been to two and three different schools. And I think that I think that's a factor. But uh, you're you're probably right. That did take some wind out of their sails, and. Uh, but it doesn't affect the new players coming in. They don't know anything about it. They don't care anything about it. So, uh, I, you know, it, it's just it's tough having a brand new team every year. Exactly. Yeah, I think it it's neat. It's fun. But after a while, it's a little bit of fool's gold. On the flip side, you've got Rick Barnes, who develops players. Uh, he's also 68 years old. And, uh, Liz, I think he's awesome for Tennessee if he was – 48 coach another 30 years what you know whatever you need but he is 68 just from when you're around him do you get the sense of how much longer he he wants to coach because he's evidently taking care of himself he seems ex- incredibly young he's energetic but you know 68 68 so I'm just kind of curious how much longer you think he'll want to coach I think he'll coach for several more years. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't coach five or six more years. Wow. I have not talked to him about it, but I just just being around him, he's high energy. He never sits still. 
he loves he loves the game. I don't know what he'd do if he didn't coach. Uh, I'm sure he's got outside interests, and he, of course he's he he'd want to be with his family. His daughter lives in Austin, and she has several children. And I know he loves being with his grandchildren, but uh, he's not a golfer, I don't think, seriously. And uh, I don't know what he would do. And he's just he he's such a hard worker, and he's so intense. Uh, and, I, and, and again, he hasn't told me this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't coach four or five more years. Yeah, he seems like a lifer type of guy. So you're saying that Jerry Green could beat him on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if Jerry can play. He's trying to play. But, uh, but yeah, he probably would beat Rick. Rick doesn't, Rick doesn't play a lot of golf. Yeah. I don't think Rick leaves early with his golf bag. Like maybe I accidentally saw Jerry Green do one time during practice. <laughs> I don't think there's many comparisons you can make between the two. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's well put. Bert, you're absolutely one of the best. Uh, the insight you give and the excitement is just a perfect mix. So love listening to you. That's part of the reason I planned errands and uh, recorded the game, which I said earlier in the show. So you guys keep it up and, uh, Hopefully you're nowhere close to retirement because you're you're a treasure. <laughs> well, I'm getting old, but I appreciate the kind words, Dave. It's it's great to be on with you guys. I had you pegged at 49. 49? That you're close. Yeah, you and me. You're, are, on, you're under though. You're under. Yeah, you and me are you and me are the same age. I'll be 49 in March. Have no, a, no, I'm a lot older than you. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal it. I got I'm getting you. up there. I'm getting up there in the big numbers. Up near retirement age. <laughs> Well, don't retire from the ball network. Have a blessed day, sir. All right, y'all take care. Thank you. Yeah, I absolutely love that guy. I think it's uh, so difficult sometimes to kind of balance that between being a fan, and you can tell Bird is a fan, but being objective. And I just think that's a one in a million commodity. I think he is as good as they come in any sport um, that I follow closely. I think he's uh, absolutely phenomenal. So it's awesome for him uh, to make time. And if, if, if he could just play a little bit of guard for uh, Tennessee on Saturday, maybe they would have been uh, better off. So they'll face Mississippi state tomorrow. Do you see a bounce back game, Caleb, after the disappointment of Saturday? Uh, I don't know if I see a, I mean, I don't know if I see a bounce back game. I see Tennessee winning, um, Fairly comfortably, but I would say that might be still a little sloppy. You know, when taken out of the sales of the loss, quick turnaround, three days. You know, I'm not never been a fan of those Tuesday night games, quite honestly. And Tennessee plays a lot of them now that they're more of a national brand in basketball. You know, I remember the, but it, it, I remember the Buzz Peterson years. Tennessee was always one of the Wednesday night games because it's less prime time than it is Tuesday. But now they're always on. It seems like Tuesday night. And um, but I, I. I think they'll win. I think they'll win comfortably. But uh, coverage. Not... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I also wanted to give one more shout-out to Chris Lofton. I thought about this over the weekend that Rick Barnes and John Calipari, the two coaches going against each other, those are two coaches Chris Lofton torched when he played them uh, back in 2006. Um, yeah, I mean, this sounds stupid in some ways, but – I almost think Chris Lofton is underrated, even though he just had his number retired. From a national perspective, you know, he was one of the first. I'm not saying he was Steph Curry. He didn't take that deep a three and that sort of thing. But he he had the uber quick release, which is 
why Steph Curry is able to get so many of those shots off that he shouldn't. He also had zero fear. Now, again, he didn't take it. He didn't take shots from eight feet behind the three-point line, right? But I just thought he was he, – and, and give Bruce Pearl a lot of credit. I thought he was part of a game and part of a system that just was a showcase of the evolution of basketball. So around that time, and Bruce Pearl wasn't the only one, but around that time, what was your best shot? Your best shot was a wide open layup. Your second best shot was a contested layup where you get fouled, whether or not you make it. Your third best shot was a three-pointer. That mid-range crap was out the door. I mean, there was just, I mean, he didn't want any of that because statistically, that's kind of how they figured it out. I thought that was really cool. Basketball coverage is brought to you by Zach England of Best of Brock. Zach England of Best of Brock. The absolute best personal injury attorney in Chattanooga. I'm going to tell you, the insurance companies, they're going to buck up and they're going to have some fantastic attorneys. Well, Zach England of Best and Brock can stand toe-to-toe with those so um again i thought a great um I, I thought a great showing by kentucky in response but i just don't see how you don't expect that with all they have gone through that really surprised me i thought tennessee was going to roll um you have tennessee or you have kentucky fans calling for john calipari's head which i think is way ahead of um way ahead of schedule and i, I just um the more and more I look at John Calipari, the more I think in this day and age, he has all the leverage till he's 90 years old if he wants, because he's going to bring in guys uh, that are exciting. They might up and win one. Um, and when I say leverage, I'm not talking about a Kentucky. They may get sick of it. They may want to go after somebody else. But who could you go higher right now that's better than John Calipari? He's free throws, what, one missed free throw away by Derrick Rose of winning two championships, one at Memphis, which isn't easy to do, uh, the amount of talent he's brought into Kentucky, and he has won a championship. This would this would be a way different conversation, Caleb, if we were talking about he hadn't won even one, okay, if we're sitting at zero, but he has won one. So it's difficult. It would be really difficult for me as a Kentucky administrator to say, hey, I think we'll rep- replace this John Calipari guy who gets all this fun talent each and every year. But Kentucky's a different fan base. How would you put yourself in that position if you're Mitch Barnhart, the athletic director there? Yeah, that's a tough situation to be in, more so than anything, because I think college basketball, the only thing that makes a job a better job is the pay. Because <laughs> quite honestly, I don't think I, – I don't think – you're right, Calipari could go anywhere – and he can recruit five-star talent, and they'll come there, and he'll go, and he'll be as good as he is at Kentucky. I don't think that – it's not like college football. It's not like college football where you'd rather coach at Alabama, Georgia, or LSU where you can just wake up and get a top-five recruiting class because there's so much talent in the area. It doesn't really matter where the talent is in college basketball because it's, it, it's so much more national. I don't think the – I really think the Blue Bloods thing is irrelevant in college basketball, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's much more about the coaches – and so you're right. If you fire John Calipari, what great coach would leave the situation they're in to go to Kentucky unless, unless Kentucky just unloads a dump truck of cash that the other school can't compete with? Well, and everybody can compete with it now because football to spend and spend in line with the elite programs, you're talking about 
a coach of 10 million. You're talking about NIL money. You're talking about having facilities. So if, if you're just school, you and wherever, and you want to build up a fantastic football program, you're going to have to throw around nine digits. You know, you're going to have to throw around the hundreds of millions of dollars. For basketball, you can hire a great coach. You can have facilities built. You know, Tennessee did this. They were already a strong program beforehand, but they built the Pratt Pavilion, so there wasn't any comparison from their facilities and other schools. They went ahead and got that stuff done. And, you know, well, you're investing 15, 20 million extra than you were. I look at uh, Gonzaga, I mean, that is not a mid major anymore. And when are they considered a blue blood? I mean, at what point, Caleb, if we're doing this show in 10 years, are they a blue blood? You would think, I mean, I guess because I, I, they kind of remind me of the Villanova of the West, you know, and I think Villanova is effectively there with two national titles now from Jay Wright before he retired. And I agree. You know, it's funny about because this it's 15 years ago, you know, when John Calipari left Memphis to go to Kentucky, um, I know I've been on pretty good authority that FedEx and a bunch of boosters, you know, just came together and tried to pull a dump truck of cash to keep John Calipari at Memphis. And I understand why, but Calipari was just a lord to the status of Kentucky and just really couldn't say no to it. Nowadays, I, you know, it's the same thing. I, Penny Hardaway may not ever be on Calipari's level, but say he starts thriving at Memphis. I don't think, I don't think he would, why would he want to leave? You know, and I don't think, you know, why would Mark Few want to leave Gonzaga? You're right. Why would, um, I mean, why would, well, Kansas has a blue blood, but I'm thinking of recent national champions or recent like elite coaches. Why would Rick Barnes want to leave Tennessee? <laughs> I guess if we're saying that. And why would Bruce Pearl want to leave Auburn outside of the fact that he's living in Auburn? Um, I <laughs> No, but you're right. I think that there may be three or four that would pull you away if you have a tie there. Um, you know, if, if North Carolina, because Rick Barnes has ties there, came calling, yeah, I could see that. But, uh, you know, Kansas, Duke, um, some of those other blue blood programs, if Calipari left Kentucky and they came calling, I just don't think that that has the pull that it used to. I mean, I, it's kind of like, uh, you know, nobody, nobody knew what Tesla was 15 years ago, and now that's the cool car to drive. I think there's a bunch of cool cars to drive right now, and I think that um, – Gonzaga is kind of like the Tesla and there are going to be other of those programs that are going to crop up. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I think Tennessee is one of those top 20, 25 programs that has all the facilities. So, and there may be more, I'm, I'm more of a football guy, obviously, but there may be more, but right now, when you talk about the top programs that can spend money and have the exact facilities you want, golly, man. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there are a lot of choices. Coaches have an awful lot of leverage, and coaches can ask for $10 million because you're not spending it on a massive indoor 100-yard facility. I mean, there is just – it does not take as much money to be a real basketball school as it does football. So if I'm Kentucky, I'm being really, really careful because I don't know that you're ever going to have a run of success – like when you think of the Leitners and, and those guys and Bobby Hurley because they stayed around for three years and they were four years and they were prominent for four years. I don't know that you're ever going to have that or not. So I think it it's a reload mentality. And Kentucky fans don't like that. They don't like to hear that. But that's life. Um, 
the chances that John Calipari is going to bring in two or three guys, because the perfect mix is have two or three guys that play three or four years and stars come in and come out, right? Theoretically, that's what you want. You have some leadership. That ain't the way he recruits. You think he's going to go take some no-name from uh, Selva, Kentucky, who might be a four-year guy? That goes against everything he's done at this point in his career, Caleb. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, he's, he, and, and to be, to to his credit, he's perfected the one and done uh, part of college basketball. Um, but you're right. It, that's, he's going to be fully committed to it. It's almost the anti Rick Barnes. I've said for years that Rick Barnes should not recruit one and done players because Rick Barnes isn't as good at meshing one and done guys into his system. I think Tennessee's better when Rick Barnes recruits a bunch of three stars and they play together for three years because Rick Barnes develops talent so well. Calipari coaches one and dones really well and he's got a great system you know he coaches defense very well he runs the dribble drive on offense which for those of you who don't know that's where every Kentucky offensive play is geared around the guard driving to the basket and then they make the decision on whether or not to dish it to a big man or kick it out for a three or go for the layup the, every single play is a cut to the basket pretty much for the guards at Kentucky and that's perfect for the players he's recruiting and you're right it, it's not going to change and you know, you're right. If you're Kentucky and you get rid of Calipari, let's say you're, let's just take Rick Barnes, for example. Okay. We're comparing programs. Kentucky is a blue blood. Tennessee's not fine. But if you're Rick Barnes, there's no nominal, there's no nominal like or marginal pay increase because Tennessee can afford to pay what Kentucky can afford to pay. You can win as much at Tennessee as you can at Kentucky. And you don't have the expectations that you would have at Tennessee. Rick Barnes, what he did at Tennessee, if he did that at Kentucky, he'd be on the hot seat right now. And I'm like, what coach wants that when they have just as good of an infrastructure and could get paid just as much to win where they're at? Interesting. There are four or five programs out there right now that want to get serious about bas- basketball because it's the easiest way to generate revenue that are hoping that John Calipari gets fired. That are just yeah. kind of sitting on the verge. And some may be in the SEC. Um so maybe in the uh, the ACC or Big East, and uh, you know, they realign so much you don't know what to call. But th- there is a program out there, and yeah, he can have the type of effect. Now it's not going to be as public, but he can have the type of effect that Deion Sanders can have at Colorado. He can expect the big dogs to come rolling in immediately. By the way, I, I know you you cover recruiting a bit that mostly falls on Caleb Jaro. But have you noticed how many times that Colorado is on the list from some of these kids that you're bouncing around? I mean, I don't put a lot into a top five or seven list. Not announced. I'm just saying where they're listed on the individual recruiting services. But I don't think I saw Colorado for about 10 years, and I saw them five times this morning preparing for the show. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And it's, you know, I I wonder how short, if that's short-sighted by the kids because of the lore of Deion Sanders, because I think, but maybe it's not. But, Dave, you and I know this. You probably know the history better than I do. But a lot of inner workings of Colorado football history that makes it just a bad job. That's made it a bad job in Division One for a long time. You you and I might differ. I think you can dip into Compton. Um, there's a one-way flight there. And I think you can get kids out of Compton if their parents are smart enough to realize they need to get out of Compton. I just – I go way, way back to the Bill McCartney days. And I, I think you can win there. Maybe that's a, a discussion we'll have. Well, there was a 
but there were, I, I, I understand the Bill McCartney days, but I was saying the Gary Barton, there was a massive scandal, you know, in the early 2000s with Colorado that, you know, we don't really need to fully get delve into, but it was, it was a bad one. It was a bad one. And I don't think they've ever recovered from that. Oh, and then you had um, Rick Neuheisel was the coach there for a little bit. And he went to UCLA and got fired for betting $20,000. It's funny how much things have changed. Now I think coaches are probably allowed to pick up their phone during the game and make side bets. But um, he got fired. I don't know know if you remember this for actually um, being in a NCAA basketball pool. I did not know that. He bet $20,000 on a pool and kind of fibbed about it, which always makes it worse, like the Nixon thing. Just come clean. You know, if you want to save your job, come clean. The most embarrassing part was when he became an analyst. I said, if you had a bet, who will win the uh, championship this upcoming season? He goes, hey, you might not have heard, but I got in a little bit of trouble for betting, so I'm going to rephrase that for you. And I was like, that's not bad. It's so uh, funny because I'm very stringent on like, I don't think you should ever be allowed to bet on the sport you're involved in, but you should be allowed to bet on any other sports you want. So that seems like a non unfair scandal on Rick and <laughs> Uh Yeah. It, it got blown out of proportion. Don't fib about it. You get in trouble at work. This is Dave's little piece of advice. Don't fib about it. Um, I, cool. I started getting, I started uh, getting the itch of, about buying a house. We're getting ready to move. And, I'm bouncing around and looking at houses uh, yesterday, kind of seeing what the market's doing. And I'm thinking to myself, this is stupid. Just wait till you're ready to go and go to andymasonrealestate.com. That's andymasonrealestate.com. About 40 years in that office of experience. That's andymasonrealestate.com. An East Tennessee native, Andy Mason, will take care of you. And there are two business tenants. One is he makes sure that you get the best service available. Two How about the best prices? You can't beat that. Stay tuned. Back in two minutes, Taven Jackson cruising on from the Vols. Why that's a good thing. Hang with me. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare.
Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalist for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just a horrendous story uh, coming out of uh, Alabama that I want to get to before the end of the program. Hit that like button, the thumbs up button. It helps us bring more people to the channel. We greatly appreciate that. And I remind you, two places in North Knoxville you need to be aware of. Files Automotive Group is the epicenter of... Uh, car buying, selling, and service right there on Callahan Drive in North Knoxville. And then there's Big Orange Phillies, great food, family-friendly. They've got darts, billiards. They've got everything you could possibly want there at Big Orange Phillies. They are phenomenal. So before we get to this Alabama murder mystery case, I do want to get kind of your final take on the Taven Jackson thing because – Sometimes uh, Caleb and I talk about stuff before the show, and then sometimes I want to have his opinion be fresh and original, and not really know which direction he comes from. And that, that maybe we get, the, you know, maybe we agree, maybe we don't. I think we totally agree on this one. I think Taven Jackson saw that uh, Nico can spin it, and I think that he was like, "I'm, I'm ready to cruise on." Because not only am I behind in winning the 2020 job also behind in whatever happens going forward so um that's um i think the writing's on the wall and i think you know th- there are some like brian moore um there are some like Taven jackson players that uh, fans gravitate to and that's great uh, and that's awesome and you don't want to lose anybody in the portal right but losing Taven Jackson, I think, is a good sign for the quarterback room, a good sign for Tennessee moving forward. That sounds like a shot at Taven. I've heard he's a great kid. I just, that's the way I'm reading that right now. You. That's exactly how I'm reading it. It's exactly how I'm reading it. Um, so much so that 
you if, if Nico made that much of an impact working with the scout team in December, which we both think he did, you're now all of a sudden maybe Joe Milton is not like the complete lockstep to start next year. Um, you know, Heibel said there was going to be open competition. I didn't really believe him. I thought he was uh, sold on Milton. Jaru has talked about how it seems like he is because he's using Milton for recruiting purposes. But, you know, if Nico's that good, um, I mean, it's they help me reminisce with me on this. You know, this reminds me of um, 2004, right after Casey Clawson left, you know, all the thought was that CJ Leak was going to be the starter. And then the the first day of fall camp, Fulmer's like, no, it's going to be either Eric Gange or Brent Schaefer. They're just that good. A part of me feels like that had more like Fulmer never really wanted to start CJ Leak, as whereas Heupel wants to start Joe Milton. Well, they they wanted Chris. So if it had been 50-50, and sometimes it is, people think, no, that's a starter, no doubt. How could you make that mistake? Sometimes it really is 50-50. I think if they thought that they could have uh, trotted C.J. Leak out there, it was the year before when James Banks had the runaround mm-hmm. game in Athens and almost won, right? Yeah, uh, two, two years. That was 2002. Okay. So let, let's go back to that point, and here's what they thought of C.J. Leak. So they didn't think C.J. Leak could play at the SEC level. That's why they had the James Banks run around offense. Well, at the time, Chris Leak's parents and Chris Leak were sitting in the stands at Athens watching this, and that was the very moment that he was not coming to Tennessee because they went with him instead of C.J. Leak, which would have been the more conventional uh, way of going after him. And by the way, you mentioned that Miami went down there as one of Philip Fulmer's best coaching jobs. I thought that one of his best coaching jobs was actually that day in Athens to have the James Banks um, running around kind of Lamar Jackson type of offense. And that kept them in the game. And it ended up being a one score game very late. I think Georgia won by four points. So I think that said everything you, you needed to know. So at that point, you want to keep CJ Leak around for depth. You want to keep him around in case you have to go to him. But Philip Fulmer is always going to side. He's going to err on the side of talent, and that's Eric Ainge. Eric Ainge can obviously spin it, could at the time. Um, big, strong-armed NFL prototype quarterback. And then you had Brent Schaefer that could run around and do some things and still had a great arm. So I, I think it really goes back to they kind of strung C.J. Leake along to be a backup even headed into that Ainge-Schaefer season. That was always my thought of it. I never thought that he would go into that season as the starter. I just never got the feeling that they would find somebody else. And unless Schaefer and Ainge ended up being dodo birds, um, which they one was, um, unless they both, unless they both just absolutely blew up and were horrible. I don't think CJ Leak was ever going to start a real game at Tennessee in which there wasn't an injury in front of him that opened the door. And I don't think he did, did he? No, the crazy part is Ainge and Schaefer both got season-ending injuries that year, and then they went with Rick Clawson, not even CJ Leak. <laughs> and that was 2005, correct? No, 2000. Remember that the quarterback controversy with Ainge and Clawson was 05 because Clawson finished out the year in 2004. And Clawson finished out the year because Schaefer got hurt against South Carolina, and then Ainge got hurt against Notre Dame, I believe. And 
so they had to finish the Clawson started the SEC championship game when they lost to Auburn that year, and then was MVP of the Cotton Bowl, I think. Um, oh golly, man! The no, yeah, the press box with no heat. <laughs> what I always remember about that Cotton Bowl, and Jimmy Himes, congratulations to him on his retirement, but. I still remember us walking across the ice, and I think he busted once because it was an ice storm. I took all spring clothes to Dallas. Didn't you think it would be warm? Got there the first day, stood there at SMU campuses, uh, at SMU's campus for practice, and there's something about a breeze that comes through in a place with no mountains, and it just cuts. I could feel my skeleton. <laughs> I mean, it cuts straight to the bone. Um but now I think this, the, the leak relationship between that administration went south pretty quick. Um, and it was that day in Georgia. So, you know, uh, CJ also was a little bit of a weird bird. You know, he didn't want to be, he just kind of hung around, but it was, you weren't sure if he was really fully engaged. Like he didn't want to do interviews a lot. And I'm not judging that, but, kind of felt like he thought he was screwed over for lack of a better term. And maybe he was, but I think the way he responded to it wasn't good, but I know they fell in love with, uh, Ainge and Schaefer and their, their physical ability. And, and I mean, golly, looking back at it, who couldn't, by the way, I, I watched the old, uh, Colonel Rev is crying. Do you remember that? Is that the Ed Orgeron, like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was showing. So, Ja Rowe, who is our recruiting coordinator slash reporter slash puts it all together, he is from LSU. So, I found the one where Mike Tiger is crying, which is a backup. But still the funniest part of that, uh, that Ed Orgeron thing, this is how highly Britt Schaefer was thought of. So, he transfers to Ole Miss, has to sit out his year, and Ed Orgeron gets the job, and he just up and says, there will be no quarterback position that Brent Schaefer will be the starter. He said it in January. No coach has ever said that. They just took over a program. It's so bizarre. Uh, that was after the meeting in which he ripped his shirt off and told his entire team, I can take any one of you right now. Anybody wants to get into it, come down to the front of the stage. That happened, I swear to you. Ripped his shirt off. But the, the best part was, in the middle of that song, uh, he goes, oh, 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 football. And then he goes, oh, Brent Schaefer. There's <laughs> <laughs> just no question that he was going to be the starter. I think that was one of the most embarrassing coaching moments ever done. Because remember, he said it in January. Brent Schaefer wasn't able to, to enroll even after fall camp started because he wasn't qualifying academically and he had to deal with some academic issues. And even fall camp starts, Schaefer's still not enrolled, and Orgeron still tells his team, yeah, no, Schaefer's still starting. I've I never know. seen him play. I know. Academics don't know how he can play. Took a baseball bat to uh, another another person on campus. And all of this, like, he's our guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Perfect at Orgeron. And, I mean, complete – I mean, anybody that question, anybody that has any belief in Ed Orgeron as a – coach leader of men anything like that should have just been like i'm sorry i think he's the worst coach in sec history and he's got a national championship ring <laughs> that just shows you how easy of a job lsu is yeah i mean it's it's kind of a bittersweet sad list but worst coaches to win a national championship less miles 
um, Ed Orgeron, worst coach by far to ever win a Super Bowl, Barry Switzer. Worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl, getting up in your neck of the woods. Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer, and it's not close. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. The Ravens might have the two worst quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl. They do. <laughs> but, but Flacco is at least – he's a step up over Dilfer as a player, though. Yeah, no, that 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 you're right. That's 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 quite a that Dilfer was. I remember the Ravens that you set a record for most consecutive games without a touchdown. They went like five straight games without a touchdown. I was a Titans fan. I'll never forget that that time they beat the Titans in the playoffs. Blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Eddie George bobbles a pass because he was scared of getting hit by Ray Lewis. And um, that's what year was that? Two thousand. Two thousand. Uh, well, I, I I covered that game. Um, and I will tell you that you've got with five minutes left, you can go down to the NFL sideline, I believe is right. Or maybe it's a two minute warning. It's a little bit longer in college, or I think it's longer in the NFL. You can go to the sideline and I will tell you right then seeing Ray Lewis move around as big and as fast as he was, was one of the most intimidating things in terms of an athlete that I've ever seen being on the sideline. If you're on the sideline, and you have a kid that's 12 years old and considering playing football, and you watch an NFL game from the sideline, you will do everything you can to not let your child ever play football. It was abs, and Ray Lewis in particular was a blur. I've ne- I had trouble keeping my eyes on one person because he was moving so fast. And they had a corner. Was it McAllister? Chris McAllister. Yeah. So he looks like a normal sized dude on on TV, doesn't he? Yeah, stood next to me with cleats, and it was like I had to take my microphone and stretch my arm all the way up above my head. He was that much bigger than me. And I'm thinking, these dudes are at another level. And that's when the kicker missed the – he missed a field goal. What was his name? Del Preco? Yeah, and we got caught on an elevator together. That was uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, he got cut at the end of that season. Yeah, I, know. I, was, I was on the elevator going down with him after he had dressed or up or whatever to the press box. And it was just me and him, and he didn't have any handlers or anything because he was walking dead to the Titans. He didn't want anything to do with him. We hope you find your car in the parking lot. Just get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> and it was me and him. And I wanted to say something, not out of a reporter style, but I wanted to say something just out of empathy, like keep your chin up, Bucky. But what am I supposed to say? You're nicer than me. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of NFL kickers that miss easy kicks. I'm just – that's your job. You actually won won me over with that. So every kicker should make one in the NFL from, in my opinion, 45 in, every college 30 in. Yeah. is my new rule, and I base that off of you. Craft treats. We'll take care of your dog's digestive issues. Also, they'll take care of your dog's uh, arthritis issues. Working great for my dog. He can jump back up on the high bed because he's taking chill pills. Chill pills at crafttreats.com. Also, how about social anxiety? They could use a little help with that. That is crafttreats.com. Again, again crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. Get 20% off. The promo code off the hook. Get 20% off off any of their dog treats holistic fantastic awesome treats david said can you imagine at hooker bolton when milton was named number one and the hype taven jackson had just been signed 
similar circumstances. And David, you probably just gave me a great column idea. Have a fantastic day, everyone. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to it. This has been a presentation of Off Thug Sports. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.